Hello, hello, beautiful soul. Welcome to my mommy's podcast. Hello, hello, beautiful souls, and welcome back to another episode of Wabi Sabi Wellness. My name is Jeanette, and I'm jazzed that you've joined me here today. Today's episode is going to be all about health, wellness, and exercise, all very Virgo themes. But before we get into it, let's chat about the moon transits of the week, the astrology of the week, and the tarot card that I have pulled for us this week. Let's start off with the moon transits. The first one is on Sunday, September 17th at 11.59 p.m. Central Time, where the moon will shift into Scorpio and stay there until 9.06 a.m. Central on Wednesday, September 20th. While the moon is here, don't be surprised if you want to keep to yourself more than you did in the previous transit. The moon in Scorpio really prompts us to dive in deep and consider what's happening for us beneath the surface. With the sun being in Virgo at the same time, you might also be considering your habits when it comes to social media intake. This transit could be a really great time to take a cleanse of your following list or to take a break from social media altogether. On Wednesday, September 20th at 9.06 a.m. Central, the moon will then shift into Sagittarius and remain there until 3.21 p.m. Central on Friday, September 22nd. While the moon is here, we might feel pretty lucky. With Mercury retrograde being over, this could be a really great time for us to launch that project that we've been excited to release. This could also be a great time to go on an adventure, and that adventure does not have to be massive. You could simply go to a new neighborhood, take a new workout class, or visit a new restaurant. It's a really good time to make discoveries and surprise yourself. The last transit happens on Friday, September 22nd at 3.21 p.m. Central, when the moon shifts into Capricorn and stays there until 6.30 p.m. Central on Sunday, September 24th. The first day of this transit occurs during the last day of Virgo season, so expect Friday evening through Saturday morning to be a day that you buckle down and get a lot of work done. When Libra season begins on the 23rd, this transit could feel more like putting effort and work into relationships or the appearance of your home. Regardless, this is a great transit to put work into. The tarot card I've pulled for us this week was the Four of Pentacles, and the only thing I'm asking you to do is take a second to think about your finances. Are you spending money where you want to be spending money? Are you treating yourself enough or maybe too often? This is just the question that comes up when I think of Four of Pentacles. Lastly, the astrology of the week has a lot of bouncing around, so Monday is a really great day to just get things done and brainstorm. Tuesday, I would just be very careful of what you're saying. Don't fall into the trap of gossiping when you know you shouldn't be. It could be a day where feelings are easily hurt. Wednesday is a great day to be around others and honestly to dream and daydream. Thursday is a day where hard work pays off. Friday, kind of similar to Tuesday, where feelings could be fragile, so just be careful then. And the weekend is just good vibes all around. With that being said, let's get into the meat and potatoes of today's episode. So we are going to be talking about health and wellness routine, all that good stuff, which is very much a theme of Virgo season and of the sixth house of astrology, which is what Virgo rules. So this is going to be maybe a bit of a random discussion about my life experiences thus far when it comes to health and wellness, nutrition and exercise. And then at the end, or maybe not the end, but like the second half will be me answering some questions I got on Instagram about this topic. So I'm going to start off with my personal history with food and exercise. So I have a bachelor's degree in kinesiology, exercise science, and health promotion. And the reason that I have that degree was because when I was 16, I developed anorexia. And at one point I was in the hospital and my organs were shutting down. And in that moment, I realized the hole I had dug myself into And I made this promise with the universe and I said, if you let me live, I will help other people. And so I did live, clearly. The story ended well. 
And what I thought that meant was, hey, Jeanette, you should go to college and become a nutritionist and help people in the same situation that you were in. One of the things that really helped me in my journey through anorexia was one day I was at the doctor's office and they did their thing. They did their visit. There was an intern with them and I was getting ready to leave. They had left the room already. A minute passes and there's a knock on the door and it was the intern doctor. I don't know what the actual word is. Um, Resident maybe. And she comes in and she says, hey, like, I know exactly where you've been. I was there. It gets better. You can do it. Like, it's going to be hard, but you can do it. And she gave me her number. And when things were hard and when I felt like I was going to go back into that hole, I texted her and she talked me out of it and she helped me. And to this day, like, I remember her. And like, we only texted for like maybe a month or two. But when I was at my lowest of my lows, like a stranger helped me out of it and I just, I wanted to do that for other people. Anyway, I did the four years of that program, but realized that this was not the path that I could go down. Going into nutrition would not do me any good. And I honestly didn't think that anyone would find any help from me. So anyways, here I am with all of the information, all the science behind exercise and nutrition and all of that, but not really using it until this episode. So I'm glad that I went through four years of college for this. But regardless, I really, I don't regret it. I learned so much and I think it really helped me understand my body and nutrition. So here we are. My history with exercise is not the best. When I was a teenager, I only did cardio hours and hours and hours of cardio. I didn't do any strength training because I didn't want to be big. I clearly did not have a healthy relationship with food. Um, And I think a lot of my issues there come from the fact that my family just didn't prioritize movement for fun. So I always thought movement was torture or something that was a punishment. They also didn't really have a nutritious diet. My family was always like quote unquote healthy, right? Um, And I just don't think that they understood the importance of nutrition and exercise um, because they were able to be healthy by all of the standards that their doctor said without doing either. So in college, after I had recovered from anorexia, I also had a pretty trashed relationship with exercise and nutrition. I still saw exercise as a punishment and nutrition as nothing more than calories in and calories out. So I would still count my calories, um, definitely more than what I was eating when I was actively um, losing a lot of weight, but it just, it wasn't healthy at all. And then I graduated college and I started teaching. And while I was teaching, I had such little energy that I just didn't really work out regularly until around year four when a really good friend of mine introduced me to core power yoga. And ever since then, I've just been a regular core power goer. I also lift once in a while, but yoga is what makes me feel the best and is what's fun for me. So that's what I do. I am over exercise being torture. I'm over exercise being a punishment. If I'm going to exercise, it's going to be something that's fun for me. And for me, that is hot yoga. As far as where I am now with nutrition, I do count calories and I do that not as a form of restriction, but it really helps me to make sure that I'm getting in enough so I don't slip into bad habits that I've had before. Um, It's a really sticky thin line there, but I work really hard to be cognizant of what I am intaking to make sure that I stay where I need to stay. Also, counting calories really helped me get back to a place where I felt comfortable and confident after I had Luna. I don't count on Saturdays so that I can enjoy life and go to restaurants and not 
count. Um, and as far as what I do eat, I do just naturally gravitate towards protein and vegetables and fruit and honestly anything that I can put into an air fryer. But I also love croissants. So that's where I'm at right now. I think if I'm thinking about my philosophy on health, nutrition, and exercise, I think about what I'm hoping to teach Luna. I hope she finds joy in movement. I hope she does exercise not only because it's good for her, but because she loves how it makes her feel and because she thinks it's fun. I hope she eats a lot of fruits and veggies and proteins, but I hope she knows that life is short and delicious things aren't something to feel guilty about. And so far, she's three and she does all of this. She loves yoga. She loves movement. She loves dancing and she loves fruits and veggies and cupcakes. So I feel like I'm doing a good job there. If I had to say it in one sentence, I truly do think it's about balance. Um, I know that's said so often, but, and it's super cliche, but it truly is, right? Like you can't eat quote unquote the right things all the time. You're missing out on fun memories and fun dinner dates and occasions and delicious bread. So that's where I stand with health and wellness. Okay, now I'm going to go into some questions that I got on Instagram. The first one I got was, how do you get motivated to exercise when you usually are tired due to poor sleep? Okay, this is like a hamster in a rabbit hole. No, like, what's the phrase? A hamster in a hamster wheel, right? So like, you might be having poor sleep because you aren't exercising as much as you should, right? Exercise is so great for your sleep cycle. And I definitely feel a difference on like a week when I take a week off of yoga and exercise, like my sleep is pretty trash. So I would say start small. I would not say have a bad night of sleep and go to a super intense class, but I would say like maybe go to a restorative yoga class. And if yoga isn't your vibe, like take a walk. It doesn't have to be big and your heart rate doesn't have to get super high to get the benefits of exercise. I would say start with like a walk or start with a gentle class. And as you do that, I think you'll notice that your sleep improves and you're going to be able to take on more and do more, but definitely start small. I think that when we start with really big lofty goals, we're kind of setting ourselves up for failure. But if you start with a small goal of I'm going to take three 10 minute walks this week, you're setting yourself up for success. And when you succeed, you are more likely to want to do more. Okay. Second and third question, I'm going to lump together because they're kind of similar. So it was, are supplements worth it and important vitamins and supplements to take? When I read the first question, my brain said yes, but in my husband's voice, because in our household, he is the one who every week puts together our supplements. He's the one who orders our supplements. He's the one who does the research on our supplements. This is not an ad, but I will say that I do love pure encapsulations. They have really high standards for what goes into their vitamins. Um, they have really good ingredients in them. Um, in terms of are supplements worth it? I think yes. I do think that supplements can be very helpful, especially with our standard American diet and a lot of nutrition that might be missed if we aren't eating all of our servings of fruits and veggies and clean protein. Do I think we need to take a million supplements? No. I think that honestly, a really good multivitamin is great. And if that's all you're going to take, that's all you're going to take. And that's fantastic. I will say that prioritizing folate over folic acid, especially if you are of childbearing age, is also super important because it's way more um, readily available in your body than folic acid will be. 
Um, I also do see a lot of value in magnesium because it's a part of a lot of processes our bodies take, and it's a nutrient that we don't get a lot of. And it can also aid in sleep, which I'm such a big fan of. The other supplement I really hate, okay, hate is a strong word. The other supplement I really don't like is melatonin. So supplementing with melatonin downregulates our body's natural ability to create it, which can be problematic. And the doses that are sold are so much higher than what we need in our bodies. So that is my hot take on melatonin um, and vitamins and supplements, I guess. Okay, next question. How much protein should I eat and why? Okay, the why part, I would say that I have two answers for this, and it depends on whether or not you are exercising regularly and trying to increase lean body mass, or if you are kind of sedentary. I honestly go by ACSM standards because that's what I was trained in, and because I work out and lift regularly, I aim for about 100 grams of protein per day. Would I say that's what you need? Maybe not. So I get to 100 grams of protein per day because I calculate 0.8 grams per pound that I weigh. So if you are actively working out, trying to increase lean body mass, I would say take your body weight in pounds and multiply that by 0.8 to get your recommended protein amount. If you are more sedentary or not trying to increase your body mass or your lean body mass, I would say aim for 0.35 grams per pound that you weigh. Um, That would put you at a lot lower of a need for protein. And to get to that, you most likely do not need supplements. You do not need protein powder. You do not need any of that unless you are actively working out um, and need that extra protein. The thing about taking in more protein than your body actually needs to restore itself and to grow your muscles is that any extra protein that you take in is not just sitting there waiting as protein, but it's actually going to be turned into ATP. So taking excessive protein when you don't necessarily need it doesn't help your body much at all. The next question is my thoughts on fasting. Honestly, I could take it or leave it, and I really think that this is something that depends on the person. And honestly, a lot of nutrition and like what should your diet consist of is very much person dependent. For me, I don't like it. It makes me cranky. I don't feel good after fasting like the longest I've fasted is a day and it just it doesn't feel good for me also with my history with eating disorders it's just not a good idea my husband though has done like four day fasts and feels really really good after them so he feels like a rush of energy brain clarity all this good stuff so I do think it could be good for you and if you're curious at all like go for it I do think intermittent fasting though can be really great especially for weight loss Okay, the next two questions I'm grouping together, and they are, are there transits that make working out easier or harder, and workouts that are based on your rising or moon sign? And for the first question, I will say there aren't necessarily transits, but I would say that the sign that the moon is in can really help you plan your workouts for what might feel best. So for example, during an Aries or Leo moon transit, I definitely feel much better doing higher intensity workouts. So fire moons, definitely higher intensity. Water moon signs, like if it was a Pisces moon or a Scorpio moon, I'm doing a lot more gentle movement. So a restorative yoga or a hot yoga class or a long walk. And then for workouts based on rising or moon sign, yes, I will do a whole episode on this and how to use your astrology chart to determine what workouts might be best for you. Okay, next question. I'm constantly retaining water and I feel like I drink enough water. 
Okay, so for this, I would really look at your salt intake, especially right before bed. The other thing I might add into your diet is a magnesium supplement. And I really like Calm right before bed, A, because it's really tasty, and B, just because it is really effective. Alrighty, we have our last question, and that one is, any nutrition tips for hormonal balance? Yes. Okay, so the number one tip I have is seed cycling. So basically, on days 1 through 14 of your cycle, or from the day that your cycle starts to whenever you ovulate, have one to two tablespoons of ground flaxseed and ground pumpkin seed. You can mix that into yogurt. You can put that in a smoothie. You can do whatever you want with it. On days 14 or the day after you ovulate until the first day of your period, eat one to two tablespoons of ground sunflower seeds and ground sesame seeds. If you don't have a regular cycle, um, follow the moon. So from the new moon to the full moon, do flax and pumpkin seeds. And from the full moon to the new moon, do sunflower and sesame seeds. I feel really good when I've done this. Um, So just something to think about. Other than that, the big thing I would say is stay away from processed foods. If you are looking to balance your hormones, I would really just go back to Mama Earth and eat as simply as you can. So eating a carbohydrate, a fat source, a protein at every meal that you have, I think could go super far when it comes to balancing your hormones. All right, folks, that is all I have for you today. The quote I'm leaving you with is a quote from Hippocrates, and he said, let thy food be thy medicine and thy medicine be thy food. Next week's episode is going to be an interview with Noelle from Slow Fire Studio, which is a ceramic studio in Oak Park, and I'm super excited to hear her story. If you are enjoying this podcast, please share it with your friends. Please rate it. Um, and let me know. I'd love to chat with you all on Instagram. You can find me at wabi.sabi.taro. Have a beautiful, magical, wonderful week and look within. Bye.